0: duck season rabbit season duck season rabbit season duck season rabbit season draft season that's what we're talking about only here on locked on gators you are locked on gators your daily podcast on the florida gators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast. Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free. Wherever you listen to the podcast, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole9Sports, that is W-H-O-L-E, N-I-N-E Sports, and GiantsCountryOfSI.com, and I'm about to be joined by Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network to talk Florida Gators, just evaluating them and NFL Draft prospects. Joining me now is Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network, and it's so weird still to see the No More ian underscore cummings underscore nine and is now on twitter at ic underscore draft and we're here to talk about florida gators prospects because you know we love to do it here and ian's uh, household name at this point with us but uh we're, we're starting off with the guy for florida who's been getting you know pro football focus is like ah top 10 player and a whole bunch of places like top 10 player in the draft next year um anthony richardson where are you with him as a prospect as hard as it is to evaluate someone that has that little tape?
1: Yeah, and that's the root of the issue. I mean, you you said it right there is the sample size. I'm trying to go through early preliminary grades for certain players, but with Anthony Richardson, the sample size is so small right now that I don't really want to lock in a grade preliminarily just yet because there's still so much more that we need to see from him. We've seen the flashes. We've seen the flaws as well. You know, I think that the physical talent is undeniable. And, And watching him on tape, that was something that popped to me really early. Some guys you need to watch a little bit more to get a read on their arm talent, their athleticism both Richardson, it pops every play, you know, like athletically, 6'4", 235, and he's a quick twitch athlete for his size, like he can cut pretty well, you know, he can, he can kind of halt his momentum, and he's got that lateral agility, but he's explosive coming up field too, so a phenomenal athlete for his size, can create with that, and then with his frame too, you know, he can churn downfield, and he can make, you know, he can kind of break tackles sometimes, so I love the, the frame, the athleticism, and the arm tailing as well, you know, I think you look at my definition for arm, talent, arm strength especially is um, you know, how with how much ease do you generate velocity and can you push that velocity down the field? Can you sustain it into the deep range? And I see a lot of that from Anthony Richardson, you know, maybe not elite arm strength, but very, very good arm strength. You know, he he generates velocity with a ton of ease, you know, especially in the short range. Like the velocity that he generates is legitimately high level and he doesn't really strain himself doing it. You know, he's got a pretty crisp release, a little bit elongated, concentric at times. I'd like him to tighten it up a little bit. And I think that's kind of going into where he can improve next year. A lot of the operational components, right? I think that decision making is a little streaky at times. Sometimes tries to rely on his trades and force it into a window that he really shouldn't test. And then the mechanics as well. The winding release can delay him a little bit, can maybe, you know, vary that release point and contribute to some inaccuracy. So, you know, mechanically, I did think, though, that he kept his shoulders level a lot of the time. The lower body, he showed that he could stay in phase. So I, I think you have building blocks in place there. And then you have the high end physical talent. So I think first round is definitely in the range of possibilities next year. I think we should pump the brakes right now because I don't think he's quite there yet. But he's gonna have the opportunity, and he has all the talent that he needs to, to to rise into that tier. So I'm very excited to see what he does at this point. I'm holding my breath, and I'm just kind of waiting. At this point, that's all we can do is be patient and wait. But he has the legitimate high end talent uh, to get to that point.
0: I hope you know the minute you said to pump the brakes, or the second you said to pump the brakes on him being a first round pick, uh, every Gator fan listening just like in their head beheaded you like I'm sorry no it's, it's it's the
1: I think the main one of the most important things for draft analysis is you know maintaining a balance and I'm sorry Gators fans like I'm not ready to crown him yet but I will also say on the flip side he absolutely can be an early first round pick you know he absolutely has that physical talent that is reserved for those kinds of players he has that for sure at this point you know we haven't seen enough to get him to that point I think right now it's looking at C.J. Stroud is kind of head and shoulders above everyone else. And that's just because he's got the talent and he's so good in the other facets, too. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. But, you know, you look at him, you know, you look at Bryce Young live a little bit lower, but still could be in that early round range. Richardson, we need to see more. We just need to see more. But the talent is definitely there for him to get there. So I'm kind of sitting on the fence in that aspect. But, you know, it's, 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 I think it's important to kind of have that duality for sure
0: yeah i mean anthony richardson is the type where i've been talking about him since he was still a backup last season and it was look the kid has the tools i i try to liken him to uh i I know it's not a comp necessarily but the same kind of prospect that josh allen was where it's like big arm mobile for some reason he likes to hurdle people i don't get it i i hate seeing my quarterback hurdle people but like he he's just a ball of clay right now and it's like he could be that guy, but he's got so much work to do. Uh, and, and that's kind of where I've been landing on Anthony Richardson. But again, that's that just that I've been beheaded so many times. And, and the,
1: good, the, the good thing is, you know, he's still very young. I mean, he was a redshirt freshman last year, right? So, you know, we're not rushing it. We don't have to rush it because he's still very young. Hasn't gotten the requisite experience, I think, to get to that point as a quarterback. But he'll get it right. Like we can be comfortable waiting at this point. Uh, You know, there's definitely work to do. I think it's okay to admit that. But, you know, also acknowledging the talent is definitely there. So it's exciting. You know, but again, if you're a draft evaluator, sometimes all you can do is wait because at this point, we don't have enough tape. We need to see more. But at the same time, getting more experience and getting more tape under his belt will help him become a better football player and a better quarterback. So I'm excited to see him kind of follow along that journey.
0: Yeah, I think Anthony Richardson is kind of that perfect player when you talk about when it comes to the NFL draft we're projecting what he could be. Yeah. And, and, and it looks good, I think. Like, it, like it, the future looks good for him if he becomes what he can be. But there's also a, a major risk with a prospect like that, which is why people are going to be a little hesitant on him. And it's weird also, <laughs> Gators fans uh, are a little, I, I guess, um, upset, maybe? Because last year, draft media, a lot of folk were like, oh, Emory Jones is going to be a top 10 uh draft pick and then you know the season happened and, and now gators fans are like oh no it's happening again but they also want to just be in love with the prospect that is anthony richardson the player that is anthony richardson um but what would you say through your limited evaluation of him obviously there's not much tape what would you say is the biggest thing that he needs to improve on
1: Yes, yeah, so that's an interesting one. I think, you know, there's a few, you know, like I said, the release could be a little bit more compact, a little bit more efficient. I do think that, you know, it's it's not the biggest thing, but it's the first thing that comes to mind for me because it does show up a lot where he has that elongated concentric release where he's kind of rotating as he goes back. And, you know, he still has a pretty fast release, which is impressive, you know, even with that. But I do think there's room to quicken it. And in the game of football, every millisecond counts. So that longer winding release maybe delays you just enough uh, to allow that DB to get in his position. So that's one thing that I think, you know, kind of tighten that release, make it a little more compact. That could, you know, be a good thing. I do think decision-making is another big one. And I think, again, that'll come with time. He, to me last year, he definitely looked like a guy who was winning largely on traits as opposed to execution. I did think there were some good flashes of him, you know, moving his eyes around the field, going through limited progressions. Again, he's not going through, you know, five progressions with, with a ton of speed right now he's a young quarterback he's definitely got to get that under his belt but there were moments where he was you know starting at one side of the field directing the dbs that way freeing up space for another receiver and then shifting over and, and making that quick read you know so he i think he has the capacity for it but there are times where he trusts his traits a lot trust that arm a lot and he should it's a very very good arm but there are moments when you're even if you're a strong-armed quarterback where you just gotta you gotta hold it you gotta, you gotta, you know, kind of be patient and wait for another hole to open up, or try and extend. it. sometimes he tries to force it in and generates turnovers, right? So I think, you know, that's something that he can continue to learn. You know, kind of get that better balance of patience and decisiveness as a thrower. You know, a lot of times if you're too decisive, trying to force it into a tight window, that can be of detriment to you. So I think decision making is another one. And I think, again, that'll just come with time, right? Because especially last year, maybe pressure to, you know, kind of win that starting role and then take it over for Emery Jones and, and, you know, get more reps down the stretch. Having that pressure might've contributed to that, like that, that go broke, go home mentality. But now that he's got the starting job, now that it's going to be him getting that opportunity, I think you have time to slow down a little bit and take it step by step and improve your game, you know, through the process. I think there's a little more time to sit back and evaluate yourself And I think that'll help him become a better quarterback, uh, you know, alongside the physical trades, because the physical upside is undeniable. You know, you look at that, you know, it's definitely got one of the highest ceilings in this quarterback class, a lot of work to do. You know, I think it stems from the decision making, but I think the, I think the capacity to improve is definitely there, you know, with quarterbacks, that's the most important thing, the capacity. You know, I think that was one thing that was big with Josh Allen is that, you know, there were some rough moments on that tape, but he's got the traits and he's at least shown the capacity you know, to throw with anticipation, he uses eyes, you know, so we haven't seen a ton of it with Richardson because the sample size is still very small, but I do think we've seen enough to be optimistic there.
0: Yeah, I mean, Florida quarterbacks wearing the number 15 and having elongated throwing motions, name a more iconic duo. Um, yeah. But we're about to move to the trenches with Osiris Torrance and Javon Dexter, but first a quick word from Bet Online: The NBA Finals are here. Game one is done. You got at least... Three more, at most six more. We'll see what happens. 1-0 right now. But you can make some money that entire time on BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Like I've said, I've been using BetOnline for five years now. I love it. It's amazing. You can bet basketball, baseball, football, soccer, hockey, darts, tennis, table tennis, uh, reality TV, award shows. Just so much. You could bet on almost, again, I'm warning you when I do this now, you could bet on almost anything you want. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And we are back with Locked On Gators, and joining me is Ian Cummings, IC underscore draft on Twitter from Pro Football Network. And we're here to talk about Osiris Torrance, Javon Dexter, and more florida gators draft prospects we're starting with osiris torrens here because he is the big name acquisition for florida this year outside of billy napier and that 40 something plus coaching stuff but osiris torrens was the big ad along the offensive line who is osiris torrens as a prospect
1: yeah so i mean who he is man is a big, nasty mauler. I mean, this guy's 6'5", 335. I mean, the dude is massive on that interior line. Uh, Watching him at Louisiana, you know, this is against Sunbelt competition, so he's like, you know, he's a monster out there. You know, he's just towering over everyone, Uh, and with that size comes very impressive power capacity. That was one of the most striking things on his tape, is that, you know, with his hands, with his long arms, I, you know, my estimation, I'm trying to estimate links a little bit more this cycle, if I had to estimate, I'd say 34-inch arms, you know, which is very, very good for an interior lineman. And that's something that you can use to get to the contact point first, to drive forward more power, generate more power within your stance. So looking at that element of Torrance's game is very fun. But not just the raw power capacity that he has, which is elite in its own perspective, but also the application of that power. You know, where do you get power from? Obviously, some players have that high degree of raw power with that, you know, that length that mass but at the same time with Torrance he's very good at drawing power up from his lower body from his base getting that hip rotation that upper body torque in there and with that rotation you can drive power that much more he he does that a lot you'll see that on blocks where he is consistently rotating and getting that full allotment of power through to the defender and with that he brings a ton of displacement potential you know I love that part of his game I think that's kind of the defining part of his game that you'll see is that he's very very good at displacing defenders that high level power capacity is very striking with him so i don't think he's a bad athlete either i do think maybe he's going to fit better in power and gap schemes in the next level but i do think he's not a liability in his own i think he can get out in space pretty well I and mean, in space man this dude's just a phone booth he's just a moving phone booth Like he's so wide he's so powerful he can direct guys Uh, With that length, especially once he gets into a position, you know, I do think that in pass protection, you've seen flashes of adequate hand usage. You know, he flashes that independent hand usage, he can violently swat opposing moves. So, you know, I think with Torrance, you're looking at what do you need, especially in that interior line spot, that guard spot. You know, at offensive tackle, sometimes you're on the island, you got to kick back, you got to take care of business. But in the interior, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of relief there, you know, where you have that help if you need it from the center, but at the same time, you're also kind of dealing with the smaller area, right? The interior lineman, the blitzers, they can only go a certain, you know, a certain span of direction within that range. So if you're Torrance in a phone booth, you know, I love this dude in a phone booth because he's massive. He can just wall off that entire range. And if you get within an arm's length of him, he's going to make you pay. He's going to impose his will on you and he can, you'll be in the dirt by the end of that rep if you're not careful. So I'm a big fan of what he has to offer, you know, I think especially in that interior range, the power capacity, enough athleticism to kind of work with those short areas and then combative hands, mauler mentality. The, that's what you're getting with Tor. So you're getting that mauler who's got that power capacity but also has the traits to succeed.
0: Yeah, and then what would you say is maybe the biggest area where he could improve his game? Because, I mean, he's someone that right now, the biggest question mark at least, from Florida fans, is can he go from the Sun Belt to the SEC? So what is your biggest question mark surrounding Osiris Torrance?
1: Yeah, so I think my biggest question mark would be, you know, mentioning the athleticism. I do think he's a good enough athlete for sure. I don't think he's an elite athlete. I do think, you know, laterally... He doesn't have elite range in space and laterally the efficiency of motion, the management of that weight can be a, a, an issue for him at times being 335 pounds. Like that's, that's a big too, you know, you're going to have trouble managing your weight transfers and kind of, you know, moving at that size. The pad level can be a little bit of an issue too, Standing at six, five, you know, some guards are a little bit shorter. And, you know, if you're taller that, you know, I, everyone talks about, you know, height as a, as a viable quality, especially in tackles, right. But that's not because of the height itself. That's because height generally has a positive correlation with length. You know, so if you're a taller guy, chances are you're going to have longer arms too. So I think with Torrance, you know, he's tall. He's got very long arms, but that height can work to his detriment just as it can work to his advantage. Because when you're taller, sometimes you can struggle to bend your knees and get proper leverage and get under the guy across from you. I think that shows up at times, but I think the biggest thing he can work on is the footwork. And I think, you know, that part of that ties in with the athleticism, the efficiency of motion. There are times where he can be more efficient carrying his weight. And I think, you know, that's, that's the tricky part. When a guy doesn't move the way he's supposed to on a rep is it athleticism or is it just efficiency of motion, just channeling his movement effectively. And I think with Torrance, a lot of it is, you know, he can better channel his motion, better channel his traits, Uh, with his footwork you know his footwork is a little bit staggered at times sometimes rotates around when he should be keeping you know staying in phase right so I think just staying composed with that footwork is kind of the biggest thing for him and that's one thing where you know you look at the the leap up to the SEC could be a bit of a learning curve for him because in the sec you're facing more explosive defensive tackles who've got that lateral agility you're facing edge rushers that are stunting inside some of them are powerful enough to get you off balance if, if you're not careful right so with torrents i really think you got to keep that base steady you got to keep your footwork in phase uh, and, and don't get staggered because if you get staggered it's a great way to get off balance and open up an opportunity for that edge rusher, that defensive tackle, or that blitzer to get inside your torso and work you off balance and and clear clear that lane. So I think with Torrance, the biggest thing is that footwork, channeling that movement, staying in phase, and and just kind of being controlled so that you control the rep. I think that's the biggest thing for Torrance uh, that he can improve. I do think he's pretty far along already. Obviously, had a lot of starting experience at Louisiana, so you know he's definitely kind of gained that as he's gone along. And then that power, that you know athleticism, it's all there with him. If he can clean up that technique a little bit, very excited for what he can do. But yeah, I think the footwork is one thing. In the SEC, the margin for error isn't quite as slim. I'd love for him to tighten that up and kind of refine that part of his game.
0: And then flipping to the other side of the trenches, we've got Jervon Dexter, the interior defensive lineman for the Florida Gators. What is your evaluation of him so far?
1: Yeah, so I was a pretty big fan. I, I you know, turned on the tape earlier today, and, I mean, the first thing that stands out, kind of like Torrance, I mean, the size with Javon Dexter. I mean, the guy's like 6'6", 3'13", I think. that The frame is, it's he looks lean, like really lean for that size. Like, I, I, I looked at him, if you asked me what his weight is, I'd probably say like 295, but no, he's up at like 3'13". So he's a lean dude. He's very compact for his size, very good length. And I think that's the first thing that stands out is that frame is massive. But at the same time, wears that weight very well. Definitely a very good athlete. Uh, I think the explosiveness really shows up. I, I think he could be a little more consistent getting that maximum juice off the line. But when he shows it, it's, it's there. Like, he can accelerate very quickly, you know, out of a stance. And at the same time, if he has a lane to open up those strides to, like, he's going to be dangerous in pursuit. So I love that part of his game i do think he's more of a linear athlete you know i didn't see a ton of lateral agility from him there is some modest lateral agility i don't think he's a liability there by any stretch i think he's above average but not elite there i think where he really makes his money is that straight line explosiveness and then also the length the power capacity with this dude i mean he can fully extend he can drive inside the torso and one thing that i really like too you know some guys get that initial bull rush and then they they fade out but javon dexter can replace his hands. He can keep that leg drive going and he can keep driving back into the pocket and pressure that quarterback with that offensive lineman. So I love that power capacity that I saw from his tape. And then the strength too. I mean, this is a guy, you know, who's pretty lean for his frame, but I thought he was, he showed great strength, especially in run defense. I mean, this is a guy who's consistently holding his own, holding his positioning, you know, not giving an inch. And then when the runner comes his way, You know, I saw him, you know, you see him two-gapping at times. You know, two-gapping, his guy, you know, getting that B-gap and then shifting inside of the A-gap when the running back goes in. You know, having the strength to manipulate that block and and clog that hole is very impressive for a guy that's only 313 pounds. And, you know, he's also six foot six. I mean, I think you mentioned with Torrance, leverage being an issue, managing that, that leverage. I do think that Jervon Dexter is very good Attaining at acquiring leverage, even for his six foot six frame, he can lean. You know, he can kind of reduce the surface area. He can kind of bend the, those knees a little bit. The the tall pad level does show up at times with him, but I do think he's very good at managing that leverage for his size, and that really contributes. That kind of ties together his entire game: the athleticism, the strength, the power. You know, he channels all that through proper leverage, and so I, I I love the traits that are there with Javon Dexter. There are a few areas to improve in still, you know, but he's a young player, so you can expect that. Mm-hmm. But looking at the physical tools that he has, the explosiveness, the power capacity, the strength, I, I look at this guy as a player who definitely has early round potential. And that's no surprise. You know, he was a five star coming out, right? So we all we've always known that he's had that. Now that he's eligible, we're getting to look at it in more depth. And you know, he's he's definitely passing the test so far.
0: Ed, we're about to flip to two players who we kind of thought might enter the draft this past season, but uh, they did not. And they are coming back to Gainesville for one more run of things. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, still with me is Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network. Find him on Twitter at IC underscore draft. And we're talking about Brenton Cox Jr. first, the edge rusher, sticking along the defensive line here. Uh, He's someone who we're hoping is going to have a big year this year. But where do you stand on Britton Cox Jr. as an NFL prospect?
1: Yeah, so he's an interesting one. You know, we all expected him to kind of come out last year. Obviously had a pretty productive year, eight sacks, 14 and a half tackles for loss. So he shows up often when watching that tape. And when I was watching Jervon Dexter, he flashed on multiple occasions, right? So you see the talent is there, former Georgia edge rusher, right? So they recruited him you know, he, he eventually had to transfer to Florida and now he's coming here and he's actually playing well. So I think with Brenton Cox, what I would say is that I think it's going to be another deep edge class. So he might get swept up a little bit, but I, I would not forget him if you're thinking about it. Like I, this guy is very talented and that was the first thing that came across for me is that I want to see that explosive first step. And I think he definitely has that. You know, I think at 6'4", he's got that good first step. Maybe not elite in that compartment, but very good at generating that initial momentum off the snap. You saw him surging into the backfield a lot, you know, so I think he's very good at that. He's got that quick acceleration ability. It could work to his detriment at times, especially in run defense. You know, you're trying to surge in the backfield when you really should just be maintaining your discipline and setting that edge, trying to go for that play can allow running backs to sneak around and get that, you know, that open field. So, you know, I'd like him to be a little more disciplined in that sense. I think the hand usage can still improve a little bit. But as it stands, I mean, he's explosive. He's got great power capacity, too. You know, I think that was one thing that stood out. And that's it. kind of ties hand-in-hand hand with explosiveness, being able to generate that momentum off the snap so that you can generate that power at the point of attack. And he's very good at that, you know, the initial, the initial burst and then kind of surging your hands in, inside the torso and knocking guys back. There are multiple occasions on tape where he's knocking guys back and he's paving open that lane. And I love to see that from a guy who's, you know, not – oversized only six four two fifty three, right? So, you know, definitely has that capacity for sure. You know, when his motor's running hot, he's got he's got a hot motor. Obviously it can run a little cold sometimes, right? So I'd like to see that a little more consistent. But when he's hot, when he's on, this dude is tough to stop. So I think you look at the tools that are there, explosiveness, good size, good power capacity, that's those are things that you can channel and you can, you know, help contribute to other areas of the game like hand usage, right? So I think with Brent Cox, there's still a little bit more room to refine his game. But he's already proven he can be dis- disruptive off of his traits, and he's kind of gaining steam, you know, as we progress here. I will, I will say, NFL teams might have character issue, character questions for him because obviously his time at Georgia, you know, getting in altercations with teammates that are arrest. So I think they're going to have questions about that, and he'll have to pass that test. But if he does pass that test, you know, I think he's trending up right now. He's got the physical talent. I think he could be a day two pick, maybe. You know, I think right now probably in that day three range. But he's definitely got the talent to ascend, and if he passes the character test, then that's that's the only thing standing in his, in his way to be a Day 2 pick, I think.
0: Yeah, I think right now the biggest question for most of us, and kind of why I think he came back to school, is just like, it was pretty obvious at times last season that Britton Cox Jr. was just like, nope, not, not doing any more in this play. Yeah. And he, like the Florida State game, I remember, he over-pursued Jordan Travis in the backfield. Jordan Travis cut it back right to him. And he was just like, well, sorry, I'm not pleased. Like I'm, he's like, I did my part. I ran to the edge and that was it. Uh, It's perplexing
1: (laughs) too, because like when, when his motor's hot, like the dude's in pursuit, he's rumbling, right. But when it it just flips off at some point. So I need to see it more consistently. And that's a question that NFL teams are going to have is like, Hey, if he's not giving hundred percent all the time, like do we want to invest in this guy? And I I, I guarantee there's going to be a lot of hesitation coming from that. If he doesn't get that wrapped up, the good news is he's already flashed a ton of prompts. So if you can, if that can click for him, if he can show that more consistently, then I think the sky's the limit. The question is, some guys kind of hit that wall. You know, some guys it doesn't click, and you know you wonder what kind of guy is Cox. So I'm, I'm hoping that things click for him, that he shows that effort, that that hot motor more consistently. Because if he can, he if he does, he does have the traits to maximize that.
0: Yeah, then we just got one more player to talk about today, and it's someone that I feel like I remember talking with you a little bit about him last year uh, with Justin Shorter, the former Penn State receiver that is now Florida Gator. He came back for another year. And kind of what's your evaluation of him right now?
1: Yeah, we did talk about him last year, man. I've, I've been watching him from afar, you know, was obviously a highly rated recruit at Penn state didn't really work out from there. So he's come to Florida and was actually pretty productive last year, for Florida, you know, even amidst the QB inconsistency, you know, he was pretty productive, right? So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. He's got a, an early priority day three grade for me right now, but I do think with time, you know, with improvement in this coming season, I know Florida got a new wide receiver coach, so he's working with them, you know, with that, I do think he could become a higher level prospect, Round one probably out of the question at this point. You know, he's he's gonna be a little bit older wide receiver prospect. He's been around for a little bit. But I do think he's got the talent to maybe crack the top one hundred. That that's best case scenario. I think it's gonna be another deep wide receiver class. But at this point, if you're Justin Shorter, you've been around as long as you have. If you get selected in that round four, round five range, there's that's nothing to scoff at either. You know, he's a very talented player. And looking at what he brings to the table, I feel like we have to start with the size. I feel like Florida they got they, they love size at every position. We've been talking about it. Javon Dexter, Osiris Torrance. That follows true with, with Shorter as well. You know, I think it's kind of funny because his name is Shorter. There's nothing shorter about him. He's <laughs> 5'2", You know, if I had to estimate, probably over 33-inch arms too. So you're working with a very good catch radius, very good length. And then moving off of that too, he's a freak athlete, man. Like, I don't know if he's going to test with like a four four three five. Like, maybe – Here's the thing. Jalen Armour-Davis, Alabama, ran a 4-3-9. And you see Justin Shorter running with him and, and kind of getting an edge on him in that Alabama game, exploding upfield. You know, I, if I had to guess, I'd say Shorter maybe runs, a, you know, low to mid 4-4, which for his size is, incre- is crazy. Uh, he doesn't quite have the speed to stack guys consistently deep, but he does have the speed to stretch the field. And if he gets a step on you. Very hard to keep up because his long strides in space. The dude covers so much ground with each stride. That's one thing that I really love about him. So you know, I'm very excited about that athletic profile because for his size, very explosive, very fast player. The route running is one thing that I have you know questions on. You know, I'd like him to refine that part of his game. The route tree is not super expansive right mm-hmm. now. He doesn't show consistent stopping ability at stems. You know, sometimes t- needs a few more steps to gather himself. The hands can be a little inconsistent, too. You know, he bobbles it. He'll he'll body catch sometimes. For his size, you know, I'd really love him to be that possession receiver, but there are a few more drops on tape than I'd be comfortable seeing right now. So I'd want him to strengthen those hands, to be a little more consistent in that phase. But, you know, with the route running, going back to that, I do think he has upside there. He's shown flashes of, of, you know, blind spot awareness, his own awareness downfield. He can manipulate angles of the stem and, and carry for carry through acceleration at the stem too. You know, I think one thing that I've been kind of looking for more in receivers nowadays is like not every route break has to be like a sudden break, right? Like you can, you can round it a little bit, but accelerate through it, that curvilinear acceleration. And he's shown that where he's got the ankle flexion to lean a little bit, sustain that acceleration and accelerate through that break to, to, you know, expand space between you yourself and the D, and the DB. So he's got that tool. He's got that curvilinear acceleration and he's very explosive when he does have space, too. So that's something that I can work with. He's got great catching instincts. When the ball comes his way, he can contort. He can rise for the football. He can extend beyond his frame with those long arms. And, you know, with those long arms, his hands can go where other DB's hands can't. You know, he can outreach them and make those catches. So, you know, if his hands can improve, you know, he's got to get a little bit stronger in that, in that singular department. But he's got the upside. And then to, to tack it off, just one bonus thing. I love this dude as a run blocker. As a run blocker, I, he's such a fun player to watch. He's super physical. You know, he's pushing guys, shoving them to the end of the reps, right? And, you know, at his size too, he's a tough match for anyone. So, you know, he, he, one of his highest grades for me was actually run blocking, you know? So I think that's one thing. If you're very good in that in that aspect, that's something the NFL teams are going to look at and they're going to want you on their team. Whether, you know, what, no matter where it is in the draft, that's something that, you can get, that can grant you some security if you're a very good run blocker. And then on top of that, I do think he has the potential to be that X receiver. You can move him around a little bit too, right? that movement can see as well, get him in the slot, those free releases, and he can use that explosiveness to get into space, get some free catches and rumble downfield with those long strides. So a big fan of the upside that's there. Again, some areas that he needs to refine his game, but he's got the upside to be potentially a day two pick. You know, if I had to guess right now, I'd say day three but with Anthony Richardson as, as as his quarterback, you know, getting that new wide receiver coach and getting one more opportunity to produce at a high level, I think he could make the most of it. He's got the high-end tools for sure.
0: Yeah, Florida Gators receivers might not be able to catch too well, but they can always run a block, and that, that's something that they tend to pride themselves on. Thank yep. you so much, Ian, for joining the show. You know we'll have you back. You're, you're our draft guy here. You're Locked On Gators draft guy. I, you can catch him on Twitter at IC underscore draft and find all his work with Pro Football Network. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back Monday with John Garcia from Sports Illustrated. He is Sports Illustrated's director of football recruiting and Lockdown's recruiting insider. And we're going to be talking Florida Gators recruits, and I cannot wait for it. Now make your second listen, Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Gordy is the man, he is one of the best hosts in the network, he has the best interviews around, and he's got all the insight and analysis you need on the SEC, the best conference where it just means more. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon, find my written work with Whole 9 Sports, that is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports, and GiantsCountryofSI.com, and I'll see you all Monday.